Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought underneath was a heavy metal band. <laughs> I'll drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Now, before we get to this episode, I would like to say congratulations to Ryan Olson and Jen Rowe, who are now the Rock and Rollsons. That's right, uh, past and future guests on this podcast. Ryan Olson and Jen Rowe are now officially Mr. and Mrs. So, congratulations, and I would like to dedicate this entire program to them, and I wish them many years of love and happiness together. So first up, a couple of reminders. March 8th is the street date for the 4K-only release of Phenomena, the Dario Gento classic. Again, this is only a 4K disc. There will be no DVDs, no Blu-ray in it. And then June 7th is the street date for the standard Blu-ray edition of The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Now, if you're not sure what is meant by the standard Blu-ray release, uh, we are going to talk to Jerry Chandler about that coming right up. Of course, you can pre-order these movies direct at our official website, synapsefilms.com. And while you're there, also take a look at some of the new merchandise that is going up on the site as well. Noah Chandler has been busy working on adding new merchandise, including shirts, hoodies, lip balm, beanies. And we will discuss all of those goodies with her after we talk to Jerry. Then we welcome in this episode's special guest, Synapse Canadian team member, Sean Provo. Sean and I have a chat about the Synapse release of the film Curtains. So let's get started as we do on every episode by talking with Synapse Films co-owner, Mr. Jerry Chandler. Hey, Jerry. Hey, man. What's happening, Tim? Uh, I know what's happening. It is Jerry Chandler's birthday month. <laughs> Happy birthday. And you celebrated your birthday by you and Noah going and watching the Rock and Rollson wedding? <laughs> well, you know, we live to serve. And, uh, you know, no, it was great. I mean, listen, I, I have been saying this to anybody who will listen, and I will continue to say this until nobody's listening anymore and probably even after that but i was the one who brought them together and let me explain to you how uh jen was you know we've talked about this before she was like a super fan over the years she would come and visit us at cinema wasteland and maybe a few other places and she was with her ex-husband 
but she would always come up and sit and talk with us and spend, uh, you know, time with us and everything like that. So we got to know her pretty well. And, we, you know, of course, we were quite fond of her. Mm. Well, back in the day, Dave co-spanked me <laughs> and Ryan Rock and Rollin Olson or whatever, <laughs> Rock and Rollin. whatever you call him. <laughs> they used to work for a very good friend of mine, Tony Simonelli uh, from uh, Exploited Cinema. Mm. And uh, they would go in, get in the show, and work the show with Tony. Well, Tony eventually closed down his business, and uh, the the two of them came up to me and said, because by this point, I, I knew them for a few years and loved those two guys. So they said, Jerry, Tony is not coming back. Can we come and start working for you instead? I said, well, Yes, but under one condition. I said, I love you guys. Once you start, there's no switching back. If he comes back or going to anybody else, you work. I bring you guys in now. It's forever. And they immediately agreed, much to their credit. And uh, fine, they're my permanent Cleveland crew. And they sometimes come to flashback in Chicago for us, too. And uh been trying to get them to do the horror hounds. Don't know if they will, but it's always out there for them. So make a long story short, one day Jen came up to the table and Ryan was there. And I said, you know, Ryan, you know, Jen, right? Or Jen, whatever. I, maybe I didn't say anything, but it could have been love at first sight. But it was my table, damn it. <laughs> and I'm taking credit whether I anyone's given it to me or not. That's right. So, you know, so after that, and, uh, you know, they, they hit it off. And it was wonderful. They became a couple. And uh, Ryan moved to Michigan from uh, Milwaukee or Wisconsin, wherever he lived. I think it was Milwaukee. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, a great loss for Dave and his friends, but a great gain for the people of Michigan. Right. And, uh, of course, uh, when they told us they were getting married, it wasn't even a question. And my daughter, uh, you know, did uh, was their wedding photographer. So what we had to do is, you know, they tried to get this wedding done a couple of years ago, but due to COVID, the venue had to postpone it. It was at a beautiful place in northern Michigan called The Castle, and uh, it was almost like a, a kind of a Norse-type wedding. You know, Ryan had his sword, and he had these beautiful axes crafted for his best men, and it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. And, you know, it was very cold up there. And uh, my daughter was, you know, she took pictures outside with the, the groomsmen and the, the bridesmaids and everything. And I will say this, she asked the groomsmen, you know, because it was like five degrees with like a 10 below wind chill. She asked the groomsmen, do you guys want to pose with your jackets off? And they said, oh, no, no, we'll wear our winter jackets. But when we took the ladies outside, the, the bride and the bridesmaids, they took off their jackets <laughs> in the freezing. Yeah. They had armless, silky, you know, dresses, <laughs> and they were tougher than those guys. Of course oh they are. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I had to take my hat off to them, and I told anyone who would listen, those girls were tough. <laughs> yeah. right. And it was wonderful. Yeah. But it was a beautiful experience, beautiful little wedding, 
and uh, we got, you know, we went up for a couple of days and we came back down. I mean, northern Michigan is very cold in the winter, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I saw some I saw some pictures from it on the old social uh, media sites and stuff. And I, the first thing I thought was they tied the strap because it, uh, they were yes. clearly having a, a traditional, as you say, like, almost like a Nordic type of wedding, which Ryan had talked to me about before, which is kind of neat. That's cool, you know? And uh, and I saw they had like a strap wrapped around each other's arms and stuff. I It looked neat. It looked really neat. And, and it looked like you guys were having fun too, so. I, I've said this before. I think the, the greatest strength of, of the United States is the fact that we're made up of people from so many different cultures. We're mm-hmm. not homogenous, right. which all the other countries seem to be. Right. And so anytime you get to see something like a wedding from another culture, something you haven't seen before, it's such a privilege and it's such a thrill. You know, I mean, this is an amazing world we live in. Right, right. Well, uh, as as you have called it before, it is the Synapse Films' mo- uh, biggest success story or greatest success story. <laughs> so congratulations yep. to Ryan and Jen. Ry- Jen is now a rock and rollson as well. So we that have, is correct. They're both rock and rollsons now. So uh, very, very good. And congratulations! It looked wonderful. They looked, they looked, both looked beautiful, and, and they looked very happy. Uh, and here's what's interesting too. Uh, we were we we're celebrating. Angie and myself are celebrating our 20th anniversary this week. So there's a lot of celebratory things going on. Okay, two more of my favorite people in the world. So I would like, on behalf of the rest of the Synapse Films gang, I would like to wish you and your blushing bride a happy anniversary, a happy 20th. Well, thank you very much. Uh, she, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with her. She stuck with me this long, but hey, I'm, I'm happy, so we're good. We're good, but I appreciate Whatever, that. Whatever's <laughs> wrong with her, it's clearly the same thing that's wrong with Paige, so I get it. Right, right. Uh, so we got, uh, as you mentioned, uh, we're gearing up for some conventions uh, coming up here. Uh, it looks like a lot of them are waking back up, ready, ready for business again. Uh, now, is there anything new or of note? that you guys have been working on that you'd like to tell anybody about? Because we haven't talked for a little bit, so I'm just curious if there's any news. Well, you mentioned conventions first. We will be at the Horror Hound Cincinnati uh, the week after this one, mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. I think that's called in common parlance. <laughs> in slang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to remind anybody who might be listening, Horror Hound is one of the best run friendliest funnest shows out there if you haven't been to a horror hound you must go and cincinnati is a great one and the other is in indianapolis i'm not sure when the next indie show is going to be but this one is in cincinnati just the people who put it on are the salt of the earth very wonderful people so that's where we're going to be we also have Cinema Wasteland coming up, and uh, in Detroit, you know, it's not optimal. They squeezed us into a tiny little corner. So we we there's a show called Astronomicon, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to get in, but I mean, we just have a tiny little corner in the back somewhere. So if you're going to come to Astronomicon in Detroit, you're going to have to look for us. Right, and uh, you know. I don't, we, we're not sure if we're, we're going to bring everything. We're just not 
sure whether we're going to be able to display everything or not. But, you know, Noah will mention when you talk to her, we got the larges and extra large Synapse hoodies back in stock. And those were the first, first things to go. So we're going to bring uh, all the sizes down to the show for sure. And anybody who wants one will have a chance to buy one there if they don't want to order directly from our website. Well, maybe maybe you can bring a foghorn. Bring a foghorn so that people can... <laughs> what the <laughs> hell's a foghorn? <laughs> you know, just, cause, just cause a commotion. Get people over there, over your table. All right, right. <laughs> In other news, I can't reveal what it is. Mm. But Synapse just landed what we consider to be another very big title. And I would say everybody should be excited about it because all our competitors were bidding on it as well. So, you know, it's a it's a title everybody's heard of. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody in my business was going after. But we we got it. And as soon as Don is ready to tell you guys what it is, I'm sure he will. I'm not allowed to. But just letting you know, there's definitely continuity here at Synapse, and we're going to keep plugging along. Right, right. There's agony if you tell people what you're putting out. It's going to take a while. There's agony if you don't tell people. So don't ask me, folks. I don't ask either. I don't want the agony. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Jerry, Jerry's a, a friend of mine and says, I won't lay this on you. Of course, now I'm in agony, too, wondering what it is. But we'll we'll find out at some point. But that's great. So there are still – and that's – there are titles being worked on, as you've said in previous episodes. It's just that, you know, you guys want to put them out right. So sometimes uh, to, get a, to get a street day too short in the – too soon in the process – you're setting yourself up for some disappointed customers and things like that. So, uh, so you just kind of let, basically you announce things when you know you have a street date solid and you're ready to go. Cause you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to disappoint people we, like that. We kind of changed after the whole Suspiria thing mm-hmm. where, you know, we had to wait for a full year just for that 4.0 audio. Uh-huh. And like everybody who has it now is so happy and they loved it. But man, they were not happy, you know, when it went from four years to five years. Right. So we decided, and I think I've talked about this, that, you know, for a lot of stuff now, we're waiting literally till it's done to announce it. It seems some people seem to be very pleased Mm -hmm. that, like we announce something and then it's available, right? You know they right. like that. So we, you know, it only took us about twenty six years to learn that lesson, <laughs> but you right. know we got it. Yeah. Better late than never. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. uh, We're smart. <laughs> uh, so now, let me ask you a question about that. Speaking of that, so uh, a couple things that I have noticed along the way that I jotted down that I want to ask you about. First, really sure. quick, and you might, I don't, I just notice this on your website. Can you actually buy and rent a stream of, of a few of your select titles through your website? I'm not sure. I know, I mean, that sounds dumb, but, you know, we hired a, a website guy who's the most amazing guy. I should actually plug him. Um it's Giant Pop. Mm-hmm. The guy's name is Jay. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend him to anybody who is looking to redo their website. But he has been working on our website nonstop, and he's been working with Noah now for the merch site, and everybody can see how great that is. Let me just say one thing. 
you know, there's been some confusion with the fans and everything. And uh, I think it's an interesting little story. You know, we have free shipping on our website, but we also have, uh, you know, people who really don't want to wait for the free shipping, which is media mail, because it's cheap. Mm -hmm. So, you know, due to COVID and whatever other issues they may have, the mail service has gone downhill pretty much in the last two years. We've been having a lot of problems, particularly with media mail. Sometimes people get it the next day. Sometimes they don't get it for three weeks. Right, right. Yep. So what we did is we now, like when people call in where, you know, you can't just do it on your website. It has to be pro programmed in. But when people call in, we offer the option. If look, if you want to pay, uh, you can, we'll ship it to you priority mail. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's much to our shock. Most people want it. Even if they're only paying 1995 for a DVD, mm -hmm. They seem to be uh, wanting to pay another nine bucks for priority. It's, it's the craziest thing. So we're trying to get Jay to program that option in because uh, T-shirts and stuff like that, that's not considered media. So we can't ship it media mail. We have to charge the priority. So first we tried, and it was giving people that were only ordering merchandise the choice of having it ship priority or free. Uh -huh. So they would, of course, pick free. I, to, in, in order for me to ship them their, their shirt or their hoodie or whatever media, I'd have to throw in a DVD. So it would qualify as media uh -huh. because I've had the post office open media mail before. And if they didn't consider it media, media they sent it back to me. They wouldn't deliver it. Huh, okay. So that seemed to be okay temporarily because we have titles that, you know, they're out of print mm -hmm. or they never sold. So we have a few hundred copies lying around. So we would stick a disc in there for free mm -hmm. so it would qualify as media. And that worked okay till we had some guy literally send us an email saying, how dare you send me that DVD? I ordered one of your shirts, not a DVD. Why did you send me that? It's like, oh my God, why is this guy getting mad? He goes, I you, you I noticed you didn't charge me for it, but am I getting a bill and blah, blah, blah. So I sent him a nice email. I said, you know, you selected free shipping. And in order to qualify for sh free shipping, I had to send a DVD along with it. It's brand new. Consider it a gift. If you don't like it, you could throw it in the garbage or mail it back to me if you so prefer. But you know, you were not charged for it or whatever. <laughs> and I'm not, not only that, but I woke up this morning and there was an extra 25 grand in my bank account. You weren't responsible <laughs> for that too, were you, a turkey? <laughs> But, you know, you could tell the guy was annoyed because he didn't say thank you or or thank you for the explanation or I get it or, or any. He just didn't reply again. So the last thing we want to do, you know, I was sitting there thinking the other day and I was thinking, you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of scared of my mail order customers because <laughs> I'm so afraid to disappoint because some people get so upset if something goes wrong you right, know, or right. right, but they just don't understand you know, it's so anyway, so we got a hold of Jay again and said, Jay, you got to do something. This this just isn't working out. So yeah. if anybody has a problem 
like with the shipping and stuff, you can select free shipping. We'll figure out a way to get you your merchandise free. You know, don't worry about it. But if you ever get something that you didn't order, like extra, it's always a free gift from us. It's never, you know, right. anything we're going to bill you for later or anything like that. So I'm happy I got that explanation out of the way. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Somebody was just mad. How dare you give me something for nothing? You know? Well, yeah. I don't know if Jesse from Diabolic listens to this uh, podcast or not, but it's funny because he posts the same things and Actually, we had a crossover. Uh, I had 15 phone calls in a row from a particular customer that Jesse posted about because the guy asked him the 15 questions. Uh, and the thing is, the guy had ordered directly from me and saw that Jesse was selling our stuff on his website. So asked him when he was going to get his order or where his tracking number was. And Jesse kept saying, I don't know. I mean, it was hilarious. But <laughs> Yeah, right, so right. anyways, and that's, to anyone listening, if you are looking for any imported discs from around the world, uh, Jesse, Diabolic, DVD, great place to shop. Mm -hmm. And a great place to locate customer confusion, apparently, too, which we've been <laughs> combating here. <laughs> I feel so. like he's a brother of mine, man, because we deal with a lot of the same stuff, but, you know, him on a much, much greater scale than us. That's a great, it's a great site. I think I've mentioned it before. It's almost, to me, a reference site where you know exactly, you're, you're really not, un, you're not leaving a stone unturned what is coming out on, on right. across the spectrum of physical media, not just Synapse. And I think that's that's really cool because you literally can go and look and see everything. And they do such a great job of how they have their sites set up where everybody gets gets an eye punch. You know, everybody you can see, you know, what's coming out real real easy, real simple. I like how it's set up. Tim, you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, this is what our eleventh podcast, the things I recommend to people, fans are very few because I only recommend the best, mm -hmm. the best horror conventions, horror hound flashback and cinema wasteland. If you want to just go crazy, mm -hmm. uh, the best foreign DVD place you can, you know, they're located in the U S but I will only recommend diabolic because they are the best. And Jesse is amazing. What else can we talk about? Well, I tell you what, I'm going to have to send Jay an email and ask him about the the digital rent and buy. I saw your so so that's hey, yeah, that's what the original question was. I know Don put up a few of our titles on Vimeo, and I don't know really what's going on with uh, either YouTube or the website or whatever because you know it's you know I can. I'm like an octopus, but at the end of the day, I only have eight arms. You know, so I can't, <laughs> right, right? You know, I, I just don't know everything about everything. And you're left tentacled, so you you know half of them you're not not working real well all the time. Um, I, okay, so now I, I do have another question. This is sort of a a clarification for folks. We have talked about this a little bit in the past, but I happen to notice that you guys are putting out one of your favorite films, as you've told me before, The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. And you're putting out correct. what you're calling a standard edition. Now, I have seen yeah. this term also across the board in, in physical media circles, and it could be confusing for some people if they haven't really kind of followed and paid attention. 
Could you explain what that means? What is this? That a standard edition does not mean you're putting out a standard DVD. A standard edition no, 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 is no, the no, packaging no. and how you're releasing the same Blu-ray uh, yet on a with a different release. Yeah. Basically, explain that, please. Yes, I'll, I'll explain it in general, okay. not. Uh, in particular to Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Sure. I'll just explain in general how it worked. And I think I've explained this before. Yeah. So if anyone, uh, you know, gets bored with this, please forgive me. We try not to be boring. <laughs> but what happens is, you know, when we get access to an original negatives and, and we scan it and everything, we then have to rebuild the film literally from scratch. So we have to add in the color and make sure it's it's what uh, the d director of photography wanted. And we, we have to remove dirt and scratches and whatever. And this is can cost us up to a couple hundred thousand dollars. So if you just release that in a normal version, you're never going to make your money back. The market's not big enough. And if you don't make your money back, you can't do these restorations that people love so much. So what we do is we release them first in a very, very special edition. That's pretty expensive, but you're it's packed with stuff. So, you know, you get your money's worth. That's the one thing that with us, we always make sure you get your money's worth. Once we've sold enough of the steel books where we've kind of, you know, covered most of our costs to produce, we can then put a regular version that's not in the steel packaging or in the case of phenomena, you know, the, the, the special boxes we have produced, uh, you know, stuff like that. And we, so what will happen is it won't be a lot cheaper. It's not going to be a 1995. It's going to be very close to the price of the steel book, but it will be cheaper. It won't, it'll be in a more of a regular package and it won't quite have everything. It'll have a lot of the extras, but it won't have all the extras. You know, we want, we have to protect the, the, the true synapse fans, the people who reach into their pocket and, and pay the extra dollars for that steel book, because what they're doing is they're not simply saying, Oh, I love this, this packaging. And I love these extras. And I, I love that your restoration of the film and the audio and all this stuff. When they buy the steel book, they're saying, we understand and we love you guys. And we want to make sure you guys are around to do more restorations. So those people must be protected. So when the cheaper version comes out, you know, they're, they're not going to get that beautiful steel book and they're not going to get a few other things. There'll still be a lot of extras in there. It's still going to be a great, uh, a great package, a great release. It'll be just a few bucks less, but you should, you're always, always for the money, you're always better off buying those steel books for as long as we have them in stock. That's the one you want. And, and, and for the standard release too, of course, it's the same transfer. It's the same. It's Everything's the, yeah, the same. Right. It's just missing the steel packaging and, and a extras. couple of extras. Right, right, right. And here's the other thing too. What's interesting from my point of view as someone, as a consumer, is that we, we just talked about people that were going to pay extra money 
to have things shipped a little bit, a little quicker and things. And you're paying extra money to get uh, the movie before because there's there's no guarantee there's going to be a standard release of these films once the steel books and stuff come out. Right. If it takes too long and the license is about to expire, there may never be one. Right. And so it's almost like paying it's on on some level. If I see something coming out, if a movie I've really wanted, the kindred is a great example, whether or not I'm here with you doing this, the kindred, you know, I love that movie. So as soon as that came out, I want it. I'm not waiting. I want that movie, you know? And so therefore to me, Another benefit of buying these is that you get the film earlier than waiting around for a standard release if it even comes out. Okay, well, thanks. I, I, again, uh, I know that you've talked about uh, talked about the standard release versus the original release before, but since I saw that with Living Dead and Manchester Moore coming out, I thought, well, why don't you kind of explain that again? It can become confusing, especially since... Sometimes you don't know what you're buying, what what release or what version you're buying. That could that could set up a red flag if you see standard release too. As long as it's got synapse on the label, though, I think people are pretty sure because we don't play games with the customers. You know, we're not going to release an inferior version of uh, you know our steel book. You know that right. that would people aren't dumb. They would say, "What the heck." Those guys just, you know, <laughs> wouldn't be good. Except so, the people who are mad they're getting free DVDs in the mail. Right. <laughs> Those people right, could, maybe, right. could maybe take a night course or two on the side. To, uh, I mean, there's not much you can do. You just throw your hands up in the air. I mean, what can I say? I don't know. So, all right, Jerry, we're going to talk to uh, Noah next. Talk to her about the merchandise that's up on the website. And I'm sure at the, uh, or I know, is at the conventions as well and we're also going to talk to your buddy sean provo from the great white north up there from canada we're going to talk to him about about curtains so we'll have some fun talking sean is our canadian synapse uh crew guy and we love sean and uh i talk to sean all the time i don't know i think i've said everything i wanted to say to him and he's said it back and we've almost come to blows over it but no <laughs> we're fine right. we're fine i'm sure he, he will be uh fascinating to talk to because he's a again like the rest of you guys he's a, a fabulous human being he really is just a lovely guy to talk to and he's dedicated and his heart is always in the right place and just a sweet guy. We had a pretty good conversation, and, and I, I I picked his brain a little bit about growing up in Canada as a fan of these genre films and how you know we had different access to different films over the years. And it's interesting how in the states we have certain access to Canadian films that he didn't. So it was it's an interesting little conversation. So uh, all right, Jerry. Well, all thanks. Right, well, until next time. Yeah, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see you at the conventions, and we'll talk to you next time. Can't wait. As always, thank you, Jerry Chandler, for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to the friends and fans of Synapse Films. A little side note, after Jerry and I had this conversation, I did get confirmation from Don May himself. Yes, indeed, there are some select titles on the Synapse Films website where you can rent or purchase a stream of the films. When you go to our website 
and you hit the shop tab on the top, when you go to that page on your left hand side, you will see a link that says stream. Simply go there and there are select titles that you can stream digitally. The process is very easy and straightforward and it is through the company VHX, which I do believe is a part of Vimeo. Up next, we talk with Noah Chandler and discuss the ever-expanding line of merchandise here at Synapse Films. Hey, Noah. Hi. So, I, I have been watching uh, from afar on the social medias here, and I have seen that not only was it your dad's birthday... But for a birthday present, it looks as if you took your dad to go watch Ryan and Jen get married, and then you were yes. a photographer at the whole thing. Yes. You've been busy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was offered the opportunity to shoot their wedding, and what a better way to support, you know, the Synapse crew mm-hmm. than a beautiful wedding mm-hmm. in Charlevoix. Mm-hmm. Um, very chilly, very Game of Thrones vibes, but we are here for it at <laughs> right. the castle, you know, mm-hmm. very Game of Thrones vibes with the axes and the swords and the dragons. We we're here for it, though. It was a blast. Definitely beautiful. It was a blast. Yeah. I had a great time. It was yeah. a great time. And every, everything was beautiful. I just love love and weddings. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God, weddings. You have one coming up eventually. Don't You don't have a date or nothing, do you? But you are engaged, right? We are engaged, yes. Aww. It's about two or three years. We're working on setting the day. Well, you know what? Just take your time and do it, and you'll love it. It'll be great. Looking forward to it, yeah. Did you do anything with uh, with your dad for his birthday? I came in after we all left, and I guess second year in the row, decorated the entire office with like balloons and banners and just things <laughs> to try and make it. You know, he likes that sort of stuff, so it just makes it very fun to walk into like a birthday filled office. Right, right. <laughs> Did you blow like <laughs> yeah, a kazoo like, at him and stuff, and <laughs> yeah, I got him little keto cakes because he's on keto, so uh-huh. he could have like keto cake at work. It was very festive, and it's still. It's still happy birthday out. I don't plan on taking it down until after my birthday. So it's like perfect. Excellent. When is your birthday? In April. Mine too. What date? 18th. Ah, mine's the 9th. You're nine days off. But that's good. Oh, look at that. Mm -hmm. Aries, right? Yes, Aries energy, Tim. We got it. That's right. Absolutely. So speaking of energy, I have uh, noticed on the website that your merchandise is going gangbusters. So you've had the hoodies, you've had the t-shirts, and I think you've already had to reorder and restock some of those, which is great. Uh, So what else have you got going on? We newly put out about a month ago, I believe, um, the lip balms in the past and Synapse's long history. They did lip balms before. probably around the same flavors. I was a kid, so I don't really remember. I just remember having one of every flavor in my pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone brought it up again when we were trying to think of new merch ideas. And we're like, let's do that again. So now we have mango tango, strawberries and cream, pear cast, like paradise. Uh-huh. I was going to say paracastic, same thing. <laughs> paradise and um, pomegranate. And I've thus far used mango tango. It is smells really good it's very tropical scented 
they protect from UV light, you know, so it's like doubles as a sunscreen. Um, nice for summer. We're going into spring. $3. Easy. We have nice. little bags to ship them in if anyone orders. Very so, good. So they won't melt and get all over your DVDs. <laughs> right. We're on it. And you're going to have those at the conventions, too, because I do yes. know those will probably sell very well at conventions. People tend to get some chapped lips and stuff at those things. Yeah, and they have the, the same logo as the T-shirts and the sweatshirts on them, which is cool because you can see all the details in it just mm-hmm. as well as the shirt. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. So I just I was like, that's so cool, you know. <laughs> we were right. able to pull it off. We newly have, I believe they're coming in today, um, two different beanies, Synapse beanies. One's more of like an original design on black, the original OG Synapse look. And one's a little different. It's a green hat and a, the same logo, but different color. But really neat, two different versions of the Synapse logo, probably for uh, OG fan and a new fan, you know. We'll be bringing them the shows. They're really good quality, real soft. And I'll be posting pictures soon. They'll be on the website the next few weeks when I get them in. What, t- what's been selling good so far? The extra large sweatshirts, the large sweatshirts, and the extra large and large shirts. That's like the main thing that goes. I think it'll do well at shows, uh-huh. you know, because I feel like people come up to the Synapse table and they buy DVDs and stuff. But if we have a cool shirt or like, that's a cool shirt, you know, want to rep. The Synapse crew feel like they're a part of the crew because, of course, they are. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for all the shows coming up and being able to help with merch. And- well, Angie and myself are excited and looking forward to coming out and helping y'all do that and having having some fun together. I can't wait. I miss you guys so much. Uh, we miss all you guys, too. So we are absolutely looking forward to it. Can't wait. And I can't wait to actually see some of this merchandise and to get some for myself. We'll have to take some pictures. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yes. I am a geriatric model. See, for the... Uh, <laughs> I'm, for, <laughs> I'm for the older crowd, you know. Just We're here picture. for it. There you go. You there. To throw you in like a full Synapse outfit with the beanie, yeah. holding the lip balm, wearing yeah. the t-shirt with the sweatshirt. I'm here for it. <laughs> right on, right on. All right. Well, look for Noah and the merchandise merchandise always on the website you can always order from there and also at the conventions coming up this uh this season so this spring into fall one other thing i wanted to mention Mm -hmm. we did say before that if anyone was interested who was out of the country in ordering merch to just email me it's on the website okay um and if for international shipping we do do it we've had a few customers like from england who wanted to buy um some merch over there and they did officially i heard back from the guy he did get everything and they all came and he has his shirts and so that was really cool so we are able to do that if anyone international would like any merch all right well just go to the website and see what you like order and from anywhere you can get synapse merchandise and again if you come out to the conventions You can find it all there. All right, Noah. Well, thank you very much. Keep up the hard work, the good work. And we will talk to you next time. Okay, nice talking to you. Bye. Thank you, Noah, for the update on the ever-expanding merchandise line here at Synapse. Again, for questions regarding the merchandise or ordering 
As Noah said, you can email her through the website. Uh, her email address is Noah, that is N-O-A, so Noah at synapse-films.com. Noah at synapse-films.com. And now here to discuss the Synapse Films release of the movie Curtains is Synapse Films team member Sean Provo. like to welcome to the show Synapse team member Sean, the Canadian crusher, Provo. Hello, Sean. What's up, Tim? Thanks so much for joining us. How are things up there in the Great White North? Hanging in there? Oh, yeah. Yep. Just got back from uh, the States, went to some concerts and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. Anything good? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dream Theater and uh, Neil Morse Band. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, as I stated, you are a Synapse team member. You could find Sean uh, at Horror Hound, which I think by the time people hear this, Horror Hound may have already have occurred. Uh, but uh, are you planning on going to the, the Cincinnati Horror Hounds for the foreseeable future? For sure. Great. Yeah, awesome. So if anybody wants to talk to Sean, they can come up to the table and find him at Horror Hound Cincinnati. Uh, what got you into uh, genre films? Just growing up, watching a lot of late night movies, renting stuff as a kid and, you know, walking into a video store in uh, Canada, we had Jumbo Video and Bandito Video and back in the 80s. And that's how I got introduced to that. Uh, do you find that uh, up in Canada, you guys had pretty good distribution of the horror films or was it a little bit tougher to come by stuff? Uh, I would say we got pretty lucky for the most part. And then when Blockbuster came in, there was some stuff like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer that uh, we had never had. Last House on the Left, you couldn't find that anywhere. So finally, those were starting to come out here. And that was back in 93. Huh. So, so yeah. Blockbuster actually helped helped you with 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 some of the titles whereas in here a lot of people were down here a lot of people complain when blockbuster came into town a lot of the smaller titles disappeared that's interesting though that they yeah, actually had them is. for you for sure yep when did you first hear of curtains oddly i didn't hear of it until synapse was going to put out the blu-ray and i was like what is curtains and then i i did some research and i was kind of curious so i bought it and yeah, that's how that took off, because I had no idea it even existed. How old are you? I'm 46. Okay, so we're close to the same age. I'm 48, so I'm almost 49, actually, but I don't want to talk about that. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> So you didn't so you didn't see any trailers? You didn't see it playing at all Nothing. up in Windsor? No. I mean, were you in Windsor at that time, too? Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Because the one thing about curtains for me, and it's something that I'm just going to jump in, what, what I remember about curtains, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast when I just happened to bring this title up with Jerry, was for whatever the movie is, it is, and we're going to get into it here, but the trailer mm -hmm. or the TV spot, I shouldn't say the trailer. I say trailer sometimes. What I usually mean is TV spot because when we were kids, I don't know about yourself, I wasn't allowed to go see a lot of these films in the in the. Uh, you know, theater. So I didn't actually see trailers when they came out, but I did see all the TV spots. Well, the TV right. spot where I grew up uh, in central Illinois, pretty close to where Don grew up, actually. Uh, we Actually, we watched the same TV channels. We didn't grow up real close to each other, but we were getting the same channels. The TV spots they had for curtains was basically an edit of the scene where the woman drives up in the car and the doll's in the road. That was right. the TV spot. Now... 
you want to talk about scaring a little 10-year-old kid out of his wits with a TV spot. And I mean, that thing stuck in my head. Now, as far as the movie went, I didn't hear much about it again until the VHS days and stuff. But that those spots were huge up here. And I think it contributed to a lot of the success that it may have seen here in the States, um, as opposed to I know it played on television a lot. Right. So you picked up the Synapse release. Yes. So what's what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts uh, putting the film in? You know, were you surprised you'd never heard of it? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a Canadian film, and I had no idea. I mean, it has some obviously some U.S. backing, but I had no idea what it was, and I was like a slasher film. I'm a big slasher guy, love slasher films. So for me to not even know what it was, I was like, "What is curtains?" You know, I was kind of curious, and I saw it, and I mean, it's it's an interesting little piece of of uh slasher history because it wasn't even intended to be a slasher that's right. the funny part right you know when me and my wife we, we always watch these movies together and and it's funny too because a lot of times i'll be sitting there just usually annoying the hell out of her talking through the movie because i've seen these movies lots of times more so than her and i'm sitting there talking to her and i remember saying you know this this movie feels like one of those 1980s independent films where the producer wanted to make one kind of movie and the director <laughs> wanted to make yes. another kind of movie. and Two I, very different worlds. Yeah. Exactly. And I started talking to her, too, about in this time period, that seemed to be pretty pervasive. It seemed like the directors or the writers always wanted to make this smart psychological. That's the word you always hear, horror thriller you know, yep. like more of a cat and mouse movie. And the producers, without a fail, always wanted the next Friday the 13th. And yeah, I mean, this story goes on and on, but this movie, the pieces of it are done very well. You Agreed. Know, I mean, you know, but put together, it does make it into a really, a really interesting hodgepodge. Um, the original director on it, Richard Shupka, yeah, uh, is a you know was a real yeah. known, well known director of photography who did Atlantic City, which I know is a is a classic, classic film with Burt Lancaster in it. Uh, but he also he also shot Ilsa, Tigress of Siberia, so which yeah. which I know uh, uh, some people <laughs> listening are probably fans of as well. So he had a pretty sure, yeah. pretty colorful career. But it is interesting. I don't know if you can see it. I think that the, the for, you know watching the extra features on curtains, I could kind of I thought that Tupka was visually seeing where his movie ended and where the producer. Uh, Peter Simpson, uh, his more of a slasher vision where, where they would meet. You could kind of see it, but part of it, yes. part of it is the fact that it makes it also a little disjointed. But there's something about that that also puts this real, um, real odd feel to it. You know, almost a devious kind of feel. Like, what kind of movie is this? And it does feel like a lot of things kind of hodgepodge. But it is a yeah. bit of a kitchen sink movie, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and a good one. And I mean, I think a lot of the time, if you have a proper restoration, which obviously Don and Jerry did, mm -hmm. you you get a better movie out of it. Right. When you when you see something roughed up and it's kind of messy and you know VHS days, sometimes that appeals to some people. But for me, and nowadays, I would probably be like, "What the hell is this?" Like you know. <laughs> right. But right. yeah, with the restoration, it it looks awesome. 
Yeah. Well, and I, I went back and I watched an old VHS version. I tried to. I saw. Mm-hmm. I found one streaming. Sometimes I do that. I'll go back and watch. What did we have before? You know, like what did we have before this release? And and I was looking at it. And by the time we got to the scene where the girls are all sitting in the room together, and they're yeah. kind of they're kind of they're kind of talking. And I think Linda Thorson's asking why the one girl's here, and the one girl's talking about her skating and stuff like that. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. It was so it was so dark. Really, I could not wow. see the people. And then I went back oh, wow. and I grabbed the Blu-ray and put it, and it looks like a completely normal, well-lit scene. Yep. The, I mean, the difference is so stark. And there's a couple of movies where sometimes the movies benefited from some of that, the limitations of what you could and couldn't see. Your mind was kind of adding things to it. This was not one of those cases at all. I just couldn't see the damn thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that 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 kind of sucked. Um you know, what's interesting, too, though, is that there really is two movies going on here. Mm-hmm. I think Shupka's movie looked like a really interesting, dark, uh, I don't really want to call it Hitchcockian, but definitely a like suspense, more of one of those suspense thriller type movies. Peter Simpson right. just wanted to make a masked, uh, you yep. know, slasher film. But I didn't really catch a whole lot of this, but if you watch some of the features... I found it really interesting that the movie was supposedly was supposed to have Samantha Egger turning into a banshee, like a real creature yeah. in the film. And yeah. I, it's almost like now yeah. there's three movies being in play here. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, there's a lot of re-editing and edits in that movie, reshoots. Like that, that movie took like probably two to three years to make. And people thought it was done that worked on it and they found out, no, it's not done. And they were called back for reshoots and whatnot. That can really ruin a movie. I don't know. I, I just can't tell because the thing is, as for everything, for all the quirkiness about it, it's still, it, it, it hangs in there. You know, like I watched this movie and, and I think another, another thing that one of the, the, the guys that were involved in the film made or the, the film said that people watch this movie convinced they know what's going on. They convince yeah. themselves, and we don't know what's going on, and we make yeah. the movie, you know, and it really makes very, very little, little sense. Yes, it yeah. does, and sometimes some of it adds to it a little bit, though. It's it's that kind of charm. It's a it's a it's an odd little thing to have it uh, become a slasher movie. Like I I think one of my favorite scenes is is Leslie Donaldson's scene where she's out on the ice, and that's not even her. Like she waves her arms in the air and then they got in another girl who actually, you know, was training and whatnot skating because Leslie fell, hit her face on the ice and split her, her chin open. Right. And you can see the bruise. You can see the mark on her chin. Right. But that scene where the mask is being worn, that's the, the actual skater. And I think that that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Because it's just fucked up. Right. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, the scene that I was talking about that was the the, the TV spot with the doll yeah. on the road, to me, is the most yeah. chilling scene in the film. It almost has nothing to do with the doll, but the doll appears. It's odd. There's a lot of movies that are made with dolls, and they make the dolls like... Today, especially, they make these possessed doll movies, and the dolls are made to look very scary. Yeah. And to me, it's not the dolls that are made to look scary that are frightening. It's right. the dolls that are not made to look scary 
that are very yeah. frightening. This just looks like a sad doll, but that, yeah. I mean, it's 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 scary as hell. And then you know the scene where it it grabs that woman's arm mm-hmm. in it and everything too. I mean, oh, you have the making of such an interesting movie and idea, you know, right there. And I kind of wonder if that was supposed to be maybe a little bit more. The doll was supposed to maybe. Basis. Yeah, I was supposed yeah. to maybe have something a little bit more to do with it when Samantha Egger was supposed to be turning into an actual creature, but apparently she wouldn't sit for the makeup, which, oh my God, it's so frustrating. Yeah. And def- definitely a fascinating study on 80s horror films on how a director makes a film, gives it to the producer, and by the time the director sees the movie again, it's not even the same film. It's it's a completely different film, yeah. Right. Well, he didn't even want his name attached, so he used the the name of Jonathan Stryker, which is the, the director in, in the movie. And it works. Right, exactly, know? yeah. But that the, the cast itself, I think, too, it lends a lot to this movie that you know a lot of slasher films don't have. I think that's something, too, with the Canadian films that, that I've noticed. Because living down here in the States, when we would see a, I didn't know it was a Canadian film and I saw a Canadian film. I mean, I didn't. Right. I didn't know the difference, you know, and stuff. And then, yeah. As I'm older and a little more sophisticated, going back and finding out which films are made here and which made the films are made in Canada, um, I really like a lot of them. Um, and the thing is, I think they all had really good cast. I mean, you look at movies like Happy Birthday to Me, Terror Train. Whatever you think about the movies are one thing, but I think that the the casting itself is kind of a cut above where I think down the States sometimes they'd save a buck and get some unknown, just young people who could read a line. Well, I, it, it's funny because sometimes it's it's the editing, it's who they know, like people that they just work together, friends that they knew. And with, with Curtains, it had like a, a budget of $3.7 million. I was like, what? Really? But that's why it looks so good. I mean, it has a lot of the proper elements, but the the problem was that you, like you say, you have a producer versus director, and the producer didn't like what was going on with it and re-edited the like a good chunk of the film into something else. And even though it is that way, it's still fun and it's it's a great little mishmash of subgenres. The going back to the doll thing, um, when you mentioned that. What's interesting is, is if you look at, say, something like Annabelle, where the doll itself really has no characteristics. It just, it's, it's sitting there. And with that, you have something like, say, Poltergeist, where you have the clown. And again, it's not really doing anything. That's pretty eerie stuff. And these days, a lot of it's CGI, and they lose a lot of that. So yeah, back then it was a pretty interesting time to make movies. Yeah, they they used the subtlety like and the editing like you said too, to to create that tension. I think that sometimes people have a hard time articulating what it is about CGI they don't like. And I think it's because you don't have to it's almost like you can throw everything right in your face and you sort of lose that to me makes you lose your suspension of disbelief. A little right. bit more than kind of allowing your own mind to fill in those blanks, which is what a lot of these, a lot of these older films before those before the CGI effects could do. I do agree with you too because when you have a that's what kind of what I kind of meant too. When you have a doll that isn't made up to look really frightening, you're already in a spot because you know you're watching a horror film. 
Mm-hmm. So your your mind is already kind of there, and then you you project your own fears onto that expressionless face. And I mean, really, what was like a character like Michael Myers? Very similar, yeah. expressionless, like a soulless kind of face. And I think it's that soulless kind of face that's that's off putting and very that that can be frightening to people. I really like that, and they did. It did seem like they added the doll in a little bit, but it seems like it's shoehorned in. You know, yeah. a little bit too much too, and that I think if there's any complaint, I mean, there is there is moments like that that feel a little shoehorned in, but they're good things. Oh, for sure. And the other thing too is, I, I mentioned the cast that also helps keep you watching. I mean, John Vernon, who doesn't love John Vernon? Yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah. would watch. I would pay to watch John Vernon read a phone book. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Samantha Egger, I am not a she's a good actor. I yeah. I'm not I I don't find her um appealing very right. much so. It's put that and sometimes that helps like when she was in the brood and things like that. I agree. But the rest of the the, the rest of the ladies in the movie and there's one in particular that I had a mad crush on when I was younger and that is Linda Thorson from The Avengers. Okay. Um, nice. Everyone loved Diana Rigg and the Avengers. But when I was a kid and I was sneaking up late to watch the Avengers, because I used to love that show on TV, I would just hope and just hope it was a Linda Thorson episode because I liked her so much more than, <laughs> than, uh, than Diana Rigg. But and here's the other thing, too. I totally blanked on her. I, I did not remember that she was in this movie. You right. know, whatsoever, but she lends a lot of credibility to this. And I think she was replaced, if I, am I not mistaken? Uh, or she replaced yeah, another she actor. She replaced another another person, yeah. Yeah. The, the other person they that they, they thought it it was something to do with uh getting naked and the producer had said that that wasn't it. It was the fact that they didn't they didn't like the other person's acting mm-hmm. and she sold it. So they, they got her. Yeah. Uh, Lynn, Lynn Griffin is great in it, you know, from Black, yeah, Lynn Black Griffin Christmas. and, mm-hmm. yep. And Leslie Donaldson. I've met both of them. Have you really? Cons. Yeah. Yeah. Cause wasn't Leslie, she was in what happy birthday to me, uh, funeral home. Another movie that's not talked about a lot. That's I think is an interesting, an interesting. One okay. Too. Um, but no, the cast, the cast is great. They have a good, a good chemistry. Yeah. Well, the, the, the idea that these, six women are competing against each other for a role is kind of fun. So you see the cattiness of them, right? In at times. What are your thoughts? Because I think this movie, like, and we, we, we touched upon this a little bit ago, the, 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 the producer versus the, the director. And then what you end up getting at the end of the day, what goes into theaters is a, is a, like a, a vegetable soup. Of <laughs> of all the ideas that were kind of th- and this happens so much. Oh yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Because on one level, on one hand, I get frustrated because I hear what was supposed quote supposed to have been made, yeah. and I'm like, oh, that would have been so great. Why didn't they do that? But then you look at these bizarre movies and you wonder, like, yeah, but I I'd kind of miss the weirdness of it all at the same time yep. too. What do you think about that? Um. Some films they they suffer. Some films, in this case, I think it probably benefited the movie. Mm-hmm. Even if it even if it could have been something else, mm-hmm. they really didn't shoot a whole lot more for the ending that I know of, other than 
I believe it's Lynn Griffin at the end. She's supposed to be on a on a stage, and all the bodies are up there with her. That would have been kind of cool. And and instead, they just result to her being in the loony bin and you know the asylum and 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 doing it with the people there trying to play it out. And it's 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 cool. I mean. The movie is what it is. Like we say, it's a hodgepodge of whatever. But I, I kind of like the slasher appeal to it. And the, the last, you know, 20 minutes are pretty cool. It kind of has a very big terror train kind of niche to it. I got to be honest with you. The producer of Simpsons movie is kind of one I want to see more than Shupka's. And then I don't think they would have gotten all the cool visuals, I don't think they would have gotten the great cast without Shupka at the same time. So it's a little bit of a give and take. Yes, um, I agree. I, I agree in, in that way because I the fun parts are mostly the slasher parts. Right. There's a couple of frustrating things. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Mari, Mari Chaikin, and uh, he plays he plays the uh, uh, Linda Thorson's agent. Yeah, you know, for a very yes, brief awesome. time. Yeah, he's a great yep. character actor. Love that guy. The one guy to me in this movie that's just there, sticking out like a sore thumb, and I'm kind of looking around the room, going, "Anybody else notice Michael Wincott? Yep. Anybody yep. else notice Michael Wincott? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck is he doing in this no. movie? And literally, what is he doing in this movie? What is this? He's what's not the really point? doing anything. He's a third wheel. <laughs> yeah. With the Wincott character, it's interesting because he was actually supposed to die going through the window of the library on the, on the snowmobile. Right. And they, they shot some stuff and then they were like, we, we can't use this. It doesn't fit anywhere in the fucking movie. So they had to cut it out, right. which is, it's like, well, why would you even shoot it? Right. So you have that. And then the, one of the funniest scenes, if you look at it and you pay attention is when Vernon, his body goes down, falls in the window, which would just not fucking happen. <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then the girl ends up on the ground. Right. So yeah, it's it's pretty comical. But it, hey, again, editing. I think the mask is great. Oh, the mask is awesome. Yeah, it's it's unique. It's got its own little style to it. Right. Yeah. And then and then you kind of like it, it. It sort of meanders back and forth between is this a whodunit or is it not? Because I didn't know this before. Knowing now. That, that that was the big reveal to me watching this uh, for this this podcast and kind of going through the extra features and stuff. The one thing that either I didn't I never knew or slipped my mind was the whole thing where this was supposed to be more supernatural, where Samantha Egger was supposed to be an actual creature, and only because she wouldn't sit through that makeup, they had to change that right. whole thing too. The makeup. The, the the makeup person, the effects guy that was on one of the the making ofs, uh, he yeah. he was like, I had a really cool, yeah. He's like, I had a yeah. cool design, you know. And they to, wasted it, yeah. couldn't even use it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you look at that mask and you think you know that that is a, a whipped up, you know, mask version of something that she was going to become. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would have been cool too. Of course, that would have taken, I guess, some of the mystery out of it. Would it have taken it out? Um, yeah. So for a geek like you or I, uh, it's fun to watch the movie and kind of wonder those kinds of things and see how it's kind of stitched together. And the other for thing, sure. the other thing too, that's something that I've noticed more and more, and I didn't, I'm noticing this more, like maybe in the last five or ten years, reviewing films like this, 
is it's really influenced by the Giallo films too. Yeah. With the black gloved killer and everything. And I've noticed yep. that more and more and more about Western films, about about Canadian and about American films. How much films. we borrowed from it, Italy. Yeah. Absolutely. And and we always laugh and say they borrowed from us and made cheap versions of our yep. films. I mean, all you need to do is hear a gunshot fully and you know what country you know what country <laughs> you know that some of this stuff came yep. from. And but I think there's a little bit of that. So so then you pour on top of it all. The, the giallo pieces of it. So, yeah, on one hand, you can look at it as a mess. On the other hand, you can look at it as a cult classic. I think one thing, though, is that it's a, it's a vastly curious film. I think, if, I think the original movie would have been more boring than it turned out. It might have been a better film, but better doesn't always mean more fun. Yeah. You might watch it once and forget about it, but this movie, you don't forget it. You'll, you'll go back and watch it. I've already watched it like three times in the last probably two weeks. Peter Simpson putting in the, the, the giallo or the, the mass killer type stuff makes it infinitely watchable. And I think Richard Shubka's uh, contribution to this film gives it an air of class. True. And I think that that's where the movie succeeds. Yeah. It's it's a good, interesting little mishmash movie. And the funny thing is, ever since I've been at Don and Jerry's table, I've talked up curtains a storm. And I've gotten so many of those copies sold. Just between that, the dorm that dripped blood, you know, maniac cop, other stuff in, in that in that vein, right? And people don't even know. They're like, Well, what's that? And and they're curious. So I fill them in and say, hey, you know, if you like this, you'll probably dig this. Living in Canada, in Windsor, right? Living in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to me, this fits in nicely with uh, Canadian movies at that time, like My Bloody Valentine, Prom Night, Terror Train, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually kind of shocked. So you hadn't heard of this film. What about the other films I just mentioned? What about like Prom Night, Terror Train, uh, Happy Birthday to Me, you know, even Deadly Eyes, My Bloody Valentine, the uh, Cronenberg stuff, Rabbit? Was that stuff pushed? Yeah. Was it pushed really well? Uh, the My Bloody Valentine was was more known. Terror Train more known. Deadly Eyes I didn't know about. I discovered that later. And uh, Prom Night, obviously, that's a big one. So certain ones really moved. Another one, too, that you didn't mention that's a pretty cool flick way before those is Rituals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that movie. Hal, Hal Holbrook. Yeah. Now, yeah. was that a big hit up there? Uh, no, but, it, but the thing is, it was on VHS. Uh-huh. And, you, and you could get access to that. Now, Happy Birthday to Me, I believe we had that here as well. But that was one of those ones that eluded me for a long time. And then I discovered it, and I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. The only thing with Happy Birthday to me, that's another one where it's a, it's a bit of a messy movie, and it's very long, but it's interesting. Right. It's got, it's got the red herring thing going, mm-hmm. and it works. Another movie, though, that was made by people that wanted to make something more than what they yeah. were giving. Unfortunately, with a genre film, people kind of want what they, what they want. If they want more, they'll watch Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> They'll watch right. Terms of Endearment if they want, you know, if they want more. But I think, I think what I'm, what I'm not picking up on too is that a lot of this stuff in the states was played on on cable TV and TV. 
especially late at night. And maybe it just wasn't played up there as much too. I don't know. But for me, like even, you know, happy birthday to me, uh, this movie, like I told you, the TV spots, they were advertised right. pretty heavily, you know, on, on, on television as well. Yeah. So it is surprising. And it's very interesting for me to yeah. hear what what was on your radar and what wasn't. You know, considering right. these movies are from your country, <laughs> yeah. it would seem be, it yeah. would seem kind of opposite to me. You you would think that, yeah. It's it, it's a strange thing. A lot of this stuff has been bouncing around, and a lot of it is Canadian rights. For a long time, I couldn't even get Terror Train here. I had to import it from the U.S. Huh? <laughs> huh. Yeah. And it's a Canadian movie. Right. It makes no sense. But that again, this is licensing. Right. So. Yeah, I think I just I was probably one of the very few who just didn't really know about curtains. Even one of my other buddies, actually, I got it for him at the last convention that uh, that I worked in Toronto when Don and Jerry came to that one. I worked with them there, and his wife surprised him with that curtains Blu-ray. I got it for him and told her just to give it to him as a surprise. He'd never seen it, so. Again, and he's further, he's farther than Toronto. So he's from that whole area up there. And I'm down south by Detroit. So, again, I don't know how I missed it or how I didn't know about it, but it's it just one of those ones that eluded me. But the rest of them I've pretty much known about, yeah. Um, I think the artwork, the, the poster art for it is great. Yes. Um, it's as great as, almost as great as a TV spot that scared the little peepees out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I think this came out. Let's see, the disc is dated 2014, so we know we know that Don doesn't rush things out the door. So we'll call it maybe 2013. They were actually scanning this and stuff. I think for a for a scan and release that's that's it's getting a little old. It's been a while since they released this. I think it holds up really, really good. I mean, oh, yeah. really good. And yep. I'm kind of appreciating some of the stuff going back and seeing the work that, like, I'm really appreciating the work that Don is currently doing and has done in the last couple of years, especially the 4K things and stuff. I mean, Suspiria doesn't even need to be talked yeah. about. Mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. But I'm, I'm starting to appreciate these older releases and how good they look up against other releases from that era. The stuff that Don did is holding up really nicely. Yeah. Given... That we are, you know, uh, let's say... Eight years? Yeah, let's say eight years. Yeah, about eight years. Yeah, yeah. with technology advancing and stuff. Yeah, looks it looks great. pretty impressive. Yeah. absolutely great. And yeah. uh, so what are your thoughts on that? And then actually the, the extra features are, are, are great to watch too. Yeah, that documentary is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the, all the different interviews and stuff, great stuff. I do get bummed out when... You have a movie like this that you buy. Um, another really good example of what I'm going to say is the film Prophecy from 1979. Love it. Love I do it. too. I do too. It's one of my favorite films. But the thing is, is that you, when you get the release that was put out and, and you watch this, what kind of bums me out is when you see the the cast and the crew and they're kind of making fun of the movie. And they're like, yeah. oh, gee, nobody's going to see this. Oh, well, you did see it. Ha <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I can't believe it's become a cult classic. Well, I mean, I get what they're saying, but do you realize we just spent 20 to $40 
because we don't think it's embarrassing that you're in this yeah. film. You know, like, and so when you then you get a special feature and you're ready to see people talk about their experience in the film and stuff, and they spend the whole time apologizing for it. Yeah, and when they shouldn't be apologizing for anything. If anything, they should just be humble and say, wow, that's cool, I'm glad you like it. Right, and you get a little bit of that, you know, with all these two, but at the same time, it does, it irks me a little bit. It's like, oh, stop talking down your own movie. You yeah. know, it's like you I, talk up everything else that you do, how wonderful your career is, and then there's this little movie that you're actually sitting there talking about. You know, how many, I, I, I've made this comment before when people talk about horror films versus anything else, and you know, uh, horror films are nothing. I'm like, I promise you, if you count how many people on the planet right now are watching Halloween versus how many on the how many people on the planet right now are watching Chariots of Fire, <laughs> Halloween yeah. wins. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. You know what and I'm saying? Twenty it's like, million times over, and yeah. I don't say that because Halloween's my favorite film of all time. I'm saying that because it's enjoyable. And it just continues to live on in people's kids, you know, their grandkids. So, no, I agree. And and not only that, how many of these people are you going to pay to meet and go hang out with and shoot the shit about on a movie that nobody really cares about? I don't like it when these people, it's almost like they're, I don't want to call it self-righteous. But they're like, oh yeah, this movie it was just it was just terrible. It could have been great, but no, I was like the one guy, the one guy from Curtains who was saying that he went in a theater and was ha- hoping no one like recognized him. I'm like, first of all, no one's gonna recognize you anyway. And why yeah. why would you be embarrassed? You have a motion picture being played on a cinema screen. Yeah, you know who that was? That was actually Paul Zaza, the score guy. He did the score. And I'm like, um, really? Like that? Yeah. You're, there's nothing. Okay. The movie isn't a hundred percent. It's not perfect, but it's right. fun. Right. And it lives on. And, and that's, what's funny about some of these, uh, people, even John Carpenter, uh, I'll bring him up because he's my favorite director, but I'll tell you, I've met him. And when I watch him in interviews and Tim talk about his movies, he always talks about it in a negative light. He'll say thank you, and he appreciates it, but then he shits on his own movies all the time. And I'm like, dude, you you could sit there and try and think you're going to re-edit Halloween or Assault on Precinct 13, and you're going to make it faster, and you're going to edit it this way. It wouldn't work. In his mind, he's talking like a 70-something-year-old man, but that's not how it was back then. You were hungry in those days. You were young. And you were driven. Now you're not driven. Now you're watching fucking basketball games and playing video games, <laughs> you know, and yeah. making music. Right. His film scores. There's no other director that I know of in existence that scored his own films, the majority of them, and made the scores amazing, you know, and that's what helped his films. You know, he was cheap, sure, but he was great. You know, I just wish he'd accept that. Like Wes Craven, Wes Craven accepts or accepted when he was around the way his movies were made. He would joke about it and have a sense of humor, but Carpenter doesn't have that. That's the sad part. Yeah. Well, and I see that too with with this film, you know, where everybody's trying to apologize. That's what I mean. They're all trying to apologize for it. Stop trying to apologize for it. I mean, you're you're still making, somebody's making money off this still. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, you, and they're not, you're not, I mean, the, the things you're, proud of 
are probably languishing and never going to make you a dime. You right. know, and, I mean, I'm a musician. I understand. Look, the first thing I know is anything that I put out that I think is brilliant, everyone else is going to hate. And the one thing right. that I do that I think is kind of like just a throwaway kind of thing, it's good. Everybody's going to love it. They're going to love it. And, <laughs> and you just have to kind of accept the fact that you don't have a say in it. You don't yeah. have a say in what you do is great and what's not. You can think. But I think it's not going to matter. It's not no. going to matter. The stuff that musically that I've done that I have felt has been really incredible, no one's heard. I've tried to let people hear, but they listen to it. Yeah, what the hell are you doing there? Are you throwing pots down a flight of stairs or something? What is that? That's not music. You know, it's like, oh, come on. You know, it's like, so I understand they can say a little something, a little something. Like, yeah, it wasn't really that great, but it's pretty amazing how it's gotten better over the years. You know, or it's kind right. of amazing how I didn't realize how many people really did like this. Maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. Prophecy is another great example of that where they just set the whole A mishmash. All yep. right, but then all of the extra features on the on that release was everybody apologizing for it and Talia Shire talking about environmentalism and then apologizing for it. It's like, oh my God. It's a monster yeah. movie, folks. It was a really exactly. well put together one. The monster yep. was haphazard because Frankenheim was drunk. You know, I yeah. mean, I, it's, it's too and, bad, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's but you know what? Yeah. Like, like, like you, I saw that at a very, very young age. Yep. That was probably one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Actually, I, I rarely mention that one, but I saw it around the same time I saw Cujo, probably about 1983, 84. And it scared the shit out of me. And I loved it. Yeah. So, Final thoughts on on curtains. I'd recommend it to anybody who loves a slasher flick. I mean, if you're not really into slashers, you may not appreciate it. But if you do like slashers and you know the the you know constructs of a slasher film, I think most people would probably get a kick out of it. So yeah, I think it's enjoyable, it's fun, and it's it's like you know again. A, a hodgepodge mess of fun at yeah. the end of the day, you know. With the great cast, I would recommend it. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I, I watch it many times. I mean, we, my friend and I in the states just rewatched it, probably about a week ago, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, entertaining. I mean, there's there's so many films out there like that, and they're not really appreciated. But thanks to home video. And people like Don and Jerry, and you know, we we can now appreciate these movies again because we haven't had them. Uh, that's a good point too. Yeah, so I I agree. I think it's I do think it's a kitchen sink movie. I think the cast and the oddness and the unbalanced um, thing it has going because of the uncomfortable behind the scenes things adds to it a little bit. Yeah, I do think that the cast, uh, the look of the film goes a long way um it, it helps it, it a lot it does yeah. help it a lot um and it has a little bit of class and a little bit of something extra in it uh that keep that, that gives it legs i think for fans of the film which i know there's a lot of fans of this film yeah uh, this still is a great release it still looks great sounds great oh, yeah. uh yep. and the the extra features are there's only a couple documentaries and a trailer, but the documentaries, especially the the one that Red Shirt you know put together, is excellent as always. 
Uh, so it's, sure. it's definitely, and I'm a kind of a, I'm a transfer guy. I'm a, I'm a, a scan guy, you know, like I want to see how good does it look, you know, and everything. Agreed. And of course that's Don's yep. expertise at work there. And this is another one that Don hit out of the park, even though it was done sure. quite a while ago. Yep. It holds up. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Sean, thank you so much for chatting about curtains. Yeah, thank you for having me on board. Yeah, it was great chatting with you, Tim. And uh, we're going to see you at Horror Hound. And yep. I think we're going to be you talking will. about, uh, we're going to be doing some talking about some more movies and this and that and breaking some bread together. So can't wait for that. Sounds good. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time, Sean. Take care. You as well, Tim. Take care, bud. Thank you, Sean, for taking your time to speak with us about the movie Curtains. And I'd like to thank everyone once again for listening. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, you can email me at tim at synapsefilms.com. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, And be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm tired of being upset. Always was, but never again.